There's a lot to see and do in this country, so there's no need to leave, especially when you are plied with good food and good wine. So are we ready to go there? Are we are we ready to talk about... I mean, about I brought out Vigo already. You brought out The best cream. gelato in the world. Yes, and gelato is all fine and good, but it's not going to sustain you for a whole entire trip. I'll run on gelato all day, every day. Well, I happen to like a little more sustenance in my life in liquid form <laughs> and in actual physical food form. The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, episode 417. In Slovenia, there's a vineyard for every 70 people. In a country that small, that's a lot of wine. I'm super excited to have Chase as the sponsor of today's show because if you've been following us for any length of time, you know that Chase has been my favorite credit card company ever since I started learning how to use travel rewards points way back in 2011. The Chase card that I've recommended for beginners just getting started has been the Chase Sapphire Preferred card. It's been that way for years and it's still my favorite card for beginners. The best part about the Chase Sapphire Preferred card is that it earns you Chase Ultimate Rewards points, which you can transfer to a host of great partners like United, Southwest, and Hyatt, or you can use directly through Chase Ultimate Rewards and book any flight, hotel, or car rental with no blackout dates. It's an absolute no-brainer. If you're looking to get started in earning travel rewards points, the Chase Sapphire Preferred is the card you need to get. To check out more information on all the great perks of the Sapphire Preferred Card, plus the other great offerings from Chase, you can go to creditcards.com slash epop and see all of my favorites. To be totally transparent, we do receive compensation from Chase as a sponsor, but all these opinions are my opinions only, and you know I'd only ever recommend something that I absolutely love and use myself, like Chase. So head on over to creditcards.com slash epop and see all of my favorites. So a lot of people ask us, is it really true? Can you actually take an extended trip to multiple countries and multiple different climates with just a carry-on backpack? And the trip that we took to Slovenia and Croatia, which we're going to talk about in today's episode, is proof that yes, it is true. So this was about a month trip. And we went to Slovenia and Croatia. And then we flew to the UK and went to a very posh wedding out in the Cotswolds in one of the nicest areas of England. And during that trip, I took just my Tortuga Outbreaker backpack. So we packed stuff for our trip to Croatia and Slovenia, you know, beach gear and kind of casual travel gear. And then we were also packed all the stuff that I would need in order to go to this wedding. So a suit and, you know, a jacket and all that kind of stuff. So yes, it is possible. If you get a great carry-on, one that is big enough to fit all your stuff, so Tortuga has both a 35-liter and a 45-liter size. I prefer the 45-liter size. And if you get a 45-liter Tortuga backpack, it is possible for you to be able to take a trip, an extended trip, maybe over multiple countries and multiple climates with just a carry-on backpack. So check it out, tortugabackpacks.com slash epop. That'll get you 10% off, but you have to use that special link, tortugabackpacks.com slash epop to get 10% off anything you order. Dublin heart is burning 
Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that teaches you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sherry, and joining me today is someone who says, yeah, I don't even care about that, and is still kicking my butt in our Survivor fantasy pool. (laughs) Survivor, the TV show, my love. And I'm still getting crushed by someone who says she doesn't even care about it. My wife, my constant travel companion, Heather, that just shows you how competitive she is. Yeah, I mean, I like to win. I have put in a little more. This is the second time we've done the survivor pool. Uh, The first time I didn't even finish doing it because that's how little I care about it. But this season of Survivor is more interesting. I'm a little more into it. So I've given it, you know... A little bit more thought than next to nothing. Survivor winners at war. <laughs> Season 40. Something I've been waiting for for 20 oh years. Oh my word, you're such a nerd. And then I look at the sheet and I'm like, how am I losing? Heather's killing me. So uh, hopefully I get some revenge in today's show because we're doing a throwdown showdown. Our third part. She should- I don't think you're going to be vindicated here because... You, this is my country. Heather has already said she's gonna. She's said to me multiple times in the last couple of days as we've been getting ready to record this. I'm going to crush you. Mm-hmm. Is what she said. Yeah, I feel very confident. So about this one. I, I, maybe I'm the underdog, guys. Maybe you're rooting for the underdog here today. Um, I would say my country is definitely an underdog because today, during our Throwdown Showdown, we are doing Croatia versus Slovenia. So obviously, if you've listened to the podcast, you know which one I'm choosing. Heather is Croatia. I am Slovenia. And during our Throwdown Showdown, what we do is we take opposite sides and we debate which one is better. So if you guys like this format, we've just put out the last two weeks. We've, we did Nashville ver- versus Austin. Then we just also put out Ireland versus Scotland. So you can go listen to those. And then if you throw it back to October 2018, our first quote-unquote season of our Throwdown Showdown, we did Portland versus Vancouver, we did Thailand versus Bali, and we did Eastern versus Western Europe. So there are some goodies in there as well. So check those out. And then, of course, let us know on social, at Extra Pack of Peanuts on Instagram, who won this battle. So, Heth, we're Croatia versus Slovenia today. We saved this to last of the, of the three-part series because this, for, like, this is the denouement. <laughs> this Whoa. is it the climax it. actually denouement i think goes up to the climax either way <laughs> this is the climax of it we are we both love these countries but you know croatia has a very special place in your heart slovenia has a very special place in my heart so i'm ready to go to war here i'm ready i am ready for you i mean when people ask me what my favorite country is i say croatia and it hasn't changed in years we've been there three times I love it so much. Sure, tell us why. Start okay. it off. You, you know, again, I'm I'm hold, not holding back here at all. Heather's actually legitimately stretching out right now as she yeah, goes. I'm ready. So I'm not holding back. You better not hold back. I know you won't because you say you want to crush mm-hmm. me, Croatia. Well, I don't even know where to begin because there's nothing really bad to say about Croatia. It's a gorgeous country it has so much coastline i mean it's okay so geographically it's across the adriatic sea from italy so you know italy gets a lot of love for its coast its cities all of that it also is heavily touristed so croatia while becoming very popular and more touristed still has less 
tourists, I think, than some of the bigger countries, bigger, most populated, or not most populated, most touristic countries in Europe. But it it just has this vibe where people are friendly. It's just as beautiful, if not more beautiful, than some of these other countries. I mean, we're talking a thousand miles of coastline. If you like, if you like the beach, if you like being near the water, this is the country for you. So it is beautiful, of course. I love Croatia as well. I think Slovenia is even more beautiful. Why? Because it has more going for it, as at least as far as for its size. So this country okay. punches above its mm-hmm. weight more than any country I've ever been to. It is the size of New Jersey. Okay. New Jersey. Slovenia is the size of New Jersey. And yet, it has a little bit of coastline. Very minimal. There's like one town. Twenty on miles coast. of coastline, <laughs> and it's gorgeous. So you can you can get it. You can go to the town of Piran, cute little town, great food. So you've got coastline there. But what makes Slovenia so gorgeous to me is the fact that it's got everything else as well. It doesn't just have the coast. It has Lake Bled. To this day, one of the most beautiful places we've ever been in the world. And when I saw the picture of Lake Bled when I was like 14 or 15 years old. I remember seeing it, having no idea how to pronounce Ljubljana, no <laughs> idea where Slovenia was, but saying, I will go there one day. There is a lake with a church on an island in the middle of it. I will go there. We went there. Lives up to the hype in person. Cool. So people know about that. Lake Bled, they might have heard about. You know, They might not have known Slovenia had a little bit of coastline. Same coast, basically, as Croatia, just a lot less of it. But what a lot of people don't realize is Slovenia has the Alps in it as well. So you go up to Kranska Gorja, you go up to some of these areas, you're in the Alps. We stayed at a hotel or this little awesome guest house at the foot of the Alps. So you can say, you know, in a country the size of New Jersey, you have the Alps, you have stunningly gorgeous coastline, you have one of the best lakes in the world, and we haven't even gotten to the picture-perfect little postage stand capital of Ljubljana yet so to me it touches (laughs) all of them wow that feels like a rehearsed argument were you practicing that before we did this podcast I thought this was supposed to be no preparation no rehearsal it's been in my head for a long time I told you I'm coming with the big guns Mm, coming with the big guns well for your lake bled we have in Croatia about, you know, I don't know, a thousand islands. Yes, that's right. Over 1,000 islands. One of which has its very own little monastery on an island in the middle of the sea, Kirka Monastery. We didn't actually go there, but I knew you were going to bring up Lake Bled. And when we were in Croatia this last time, we tried to go to Plitvice Lakes. So Croatia, while it may not have the Alps, has so much natural beauty and it does have mountains they're just much smaller um and if you drive quite a ways off the coast you can get to put vj lakes we went however because it's so popular now we weren't able to get in because it's better to get a reservation the next time we were able to go into the park was going to be like five hours from when we were there so we just decided to skip it however when we left there, somebody said, well, you should go to Kirka Waterfalls because they're actually bigger than Plitvice. They're just not as touristed. So you can see some of the most dramatic national parks 
in Croatia with these waterfalls and these pools of just like beautiful greenish blue water. I mean, it's just stunning stuff. Just Google it, people. I mean, Lake Bled, do you have waterfalls? Yeah, you'd be able to see Plitvice Lakes if it wasn't so touristy in Croatia. And that brings me to the point of Slovenia being way, even though it's right next to Croatia, being much further off the tourist path. I mean, all you got to do is head to Dubrovnik, a beautiful place in Croatia in the summer, and you'll know what I mean. Cruise ships coming in, dumping loads of tourists between 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., so much so that you can barely walk around. Listen, I love Croatia. I would have loved Croatia a lot more five to seven years ago when we first went and it was way less touristy. And then Game of Thrones came, yeah. King's Landing, blah, mm. blah, 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 blah. Drives mm-hmm. up drives up the tourist stuff in Croatia. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, right next door, it's neighbor to the north. You've got Slovenia, undiscovered little gem, very few tourists. When even when you're at Lake Bled, one of the, you know, the tourist hotspots in Slovenia, it's mostly it's mostly Slovenians. It's mostly locals mm-hmm. uh, or, or people coming sure, from sure, the surrounding sure, sure. countries because mm-hmm. it's so small. Yeah. So yeah. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. It's true. Dubrovnik gets rammed. However, you have to go there because it is literally one of the most beautiful walled medieval cities that you will ever see in your lifetime. It's stunning. It's gorgeous. Oh my gosh. Don't even stay in the city. Stay above the city like we did. We had panoramic windows in our Airbnb where you could just look down onto the city and see its beauty. And then when you get sick of all of those tourists, you just go to one of the... uh, thousand islands where it's way less thousand island number (laughs) way less touristed because you know you can live like a local there there are so many islands i i I mean var brach we went to brach we went to zlatny rat with rot which is like the most famous beach in croatia with its like very unique peninsula shaped like jutting out into the sea it's just absolutely stunning You've also got Korchula. Oh my gosh, talk about a gem of a place. This island right off the Peljizic Peninsula. I loved it there. I loved it so much. It's pretty remote. I mean, you can drive to it. You can take a, well, actually you can't drive to it. You have to take a ferry. So if you go in from Split, you take a three-hour ferry, which I have to say was not that nice. Or you can go in from Oban, I think. And that was like a 15-minute ferry. This island was so beautiful. We were there in May, which is like a little early, but there were hardly any people there. No real tourists. It was gorgeous. There's plenty of spots on there that are remote. I mean, the the old city of Korchula is in and of itself a gorgeous walled medieval city. I mean, there are so many beautiful medieval cities on the coast. Okay, so yeah, maybe you have the Alps, but do you have medieval cities on the coast? You have one, Peran. I mean, it's cute, but it's like so tiny. In Croatia, you have so many. I don't know how many medieval cities, but you have a you thousand. You have that number. You have a thousand <laughs> islands. So I just, I'm sorry. If I don't you got know. one, if you've seen one, you've seen them all. Not true. Not give true me, at all. Give me mountains and coast versus just more and more coast. I'm going to say, too, we're talking cities here. We've been now to the capital Mm -hmm. of Croatia, and we have been to the capital of Slovenia, which is Ljubljana. And for my money, Ljubljana all day over Zagreb. Zagreb was cool. Like, I, I did enjoy it, but it was a big city. 
right? You know, or bigger city. Need spot, Ljubljana. If I was going to pick a European capital to live in, that would be right at the top of my list. Again, the perfect size in terms of the fact that you can have everything that you want there, including bit of a trump card here the world's best gelato Vigo. Oh, that's true the world's best gelato finds itself in ljubljana slovenia mm-hmm. not in italy folks mm-hmm. um but you have everything you could need you know coming in and out like you have airports you know stuff like that airport really easy to get into uh, really easy to get to and all that but it's super walkable you've got the river running right through the middle mm-hmm and you're talking about you like to wear, use the word stunningly gorgeous and and in this part of the world that is apt i have not seen a prettier city than ljubljana i mean you go out at night and they have you know on both sides of the banks of the river everything's all lit up you feel like you're walking through a disney representation of what a european capital should look like and because it's so small, you can walk anywhere that you want and not get lost. Like we could, we didn't get lost. So I love the fact that it's as gorgeous as any European capital I've been to, but it's so small that it's super accessible. Uh, other than, you know, if we're comparing it somewhere like Vienna or, or places like that that are also jaw droppingly beautiful, it's just a miniature version of that. I'll take it. Because I'm a generous person. I will concede to the fact that Ljubljana is more beautiful and quaint than Zagreb. Zagreb is a cool city. We were there for one or two nights. You know, it's nice. It has some beautiful architecture. But having that river and the pedestrian walkway on either side of it in Ljubljana is something absolutely gorgeous, as I like to say, or stunningly beautiful. Whatever. It is. It is. However... I mean, there are so many more cities in Croatia that are stunning, in my opinion, because you've got, well, you've got Dubrovnik, which we already mentioned. And even while it is a little bit overrun with cruise ships coming in and out, it is, in my opinion, the most beautiful city I have ever seen. And it's it's also small. Then you also have these other medieval cities where, I mean, it just feels like you're living in a different century while also just being on the coast. So you have Split, which is gorgeous. Diocletian's Palace, which is one of the oldest, you know, Roman ruin that's preserved. You can walk through it all. There's lots of fun restaurants and shops and it's really gorgeous. And it's right there on on the coast where you can have like one of the biggest ports in, I think the biggest port in Croatia is in Split, where you can take the ferry to all of those gorgeous islands that I have mentioned so many times. You've also got Makarska, which we did a road trip. I mean, talk about road tripping is one of my points as well. Croatia is one of the coolest road tripping countries because there's so much coast. You can, we drove from Zagreb down to Split. You know, we stopped way off the way at Plavice Lakes. But we drove from Zagreb to Split. I mean, that drive was not so epic. However, Split down to Dubrovnik is gorgeous. We stopped in Makarska the very first time that we did that. Talk about a beautiful, quaint little city. Oh my goodness. I have the picture hanging up in our house. I loved it so much. 
Then you also have the the drive on the Pelgelsic Peninsula. We did Corchula and then we drove from Corchula down. Yeah, you're rolling your eyes because you know I'm winning this one. I mean, the it's drive just all on the, the same. It's all coastal drives by the sea. You know. Well, no, we drove through the mountains as well. Again, not the Alps, but the the rockiness of them juxtaposed up against the the sea. I mean, sea and mountains. That's everybody's dream. That's why I like Slovenia. Because you got the Alps. You got real yeah, mountains. Yeah, but the Alps are not next to the sea. I mean, we have the mountains right there. Albeit they're a little bit smaller than the Alps. A lot of bit smaller. They're still striking next to the ocean. Like the cities just kind of go up. And that is just stunning to me. So you've got Makarska, Dubrovnik, Split, Korchula. We've got Rovinj in, the, in Istria in the northern part of of Croatia. There's just so many gorgeous places to see. Now, my heart lies in the Dalmatian coast. That's where it's at for me. But Istria is also, you know, it's it's a, okay. it's, it's a, it's a cool place to be. Istria is okay. Dalmatian okay. coast is, is my fave. One of the things that I love about Slovenia and Ljubljana, you know, specifically, is the fact that you are so centrally located. So if people don't know where Slovenia is, I don't blame you. It, again, size of New Jersey here, punches well above its weight. You know, Croatia is cool, but it gets pretty remote. Like when you get down in Dubrovnik and you get down in Split, like you are starting to get very far from anything else. Obviously, you have the water on one side. You have Bosnia on the other side, so you can get to Sarajevo. But you're certainly a long way away from anywhere else in Europe. And then you sit in Slovenia and you say, wow, right to the west is Italy. I could pop on over to Venice or Milan right there. I could hit up Switzerland very easily. If I want to go up into Austria, boom, I'm in Vienna. I'm in Salzburg. I'm in Bratislava. I'm up in Budapest. Let me go up to Prague. Any of these areas, you are you are sitting at such a central point of Europe, especially of that region of Europe, which you know I guess is considered... You're, you're basically right... It's funny because they call themselves Central Europe, right? You're basically right in between Western and Eastern Europe, and it's such a hub to get anywhere that you want to go so that you could sit there, you could take the motorways. I'm very very European saying the motorways there. Or you can just hop on a train and you can get to any of those big cities and they're right at your doorstep where if you're going from Croatia, you're definitely going to have to go and get on a flight or, or you're going to take a really, really long train ride to get to any of them. So for me, the accessibility to the rest of Europe when you're sitting there in Ljubljana, like if you look at a map, it just pin it. It's right there next to everything else. You can just go anywhere your little heart desires, including amazing places that we've talked about. Budapest, Bratislava, mm-hmm, Vienna. Yeah, but we're not Prague. talking about those countries. We're talking about Slovenia. I'm just so, talking about the fact that you're you sure. can easily get to any of that. Sure. And you know, if you want. Slovenia is small, so you might want to go somewhere else because it's no. not that big. Whereas when you're in Croatia, you don't need to go anywhere else because you have over a thousand islands, over twelve hundred miles of coastline. You've got hiking if you really Wait, want now it. Wait, now it's gone to twelve hundred miles. I thought it was a thousand miles. Why well, you got the stats? Oh, sorry, no, no. It's a thousand miles of coastline and over twelve hundred islands. I think oh, it is. Okay. I think. You know, yeah. I mean, there's there's when a your lot. When the numbers get so big, there's a lot to see and do in this country. So there's no need to leave, especially when you are plied with good food 
and good wine. So are we ready to go there? Are we are we ready to talk I mean, about I brought out I brought out Vigo already. You brought out the best cream. gelato in the world. Yes, and gelato is all fine and good, but it's not going to sustain you for a whole entire trip. I'll run on gelato all day every day. Well, I happen to like a little more sustenance in my life in liquid form <laughs> and in actual physical food form. Uh, Croatia has some of the best wine in the entire world. There's so many amazing wineries, both white wine and red wine. I think that people, they talk about wine, they talk about Spanish wine, they talk about Italian wine, even French, you know, champagne, what have you. Croatia has so many amazing wineries. And again, you can drink wine in these medieval cities. They have wine bars. They also have incredible food. Go ahead. <laughs> say it. Just say it. The best meal that we have ever eaten was in a very untouristed remote part of Croatia called Tristanac. And we went to this seafood restaurant there as we drove down the Peljezic Peninsula. It was the best seafood we ever had. We got this seafood platter for two. It was enough to feed three adults and then some really. Just amazing grilled fresh seafood caught that day, you know, by the owner of the restaurant. Who's the fisherman? Who's the the chef? It was so delicious. Like we still dream about it and talk about it. And that's just one meal. I mean, they also have amazing local cheeses, you know, Croatian cheeses. They have amazing cured meats, the same as you can find in Italy. But, you know, Croatia does it too. It has that whole vibe of the the local cheeses and the meats and the wines. And, the you know, they do a lot of like the cantaloupe and prosciutto we've had there. It's just so good, so fresh. Oh, I love it. It's my favorite thing to eat. And that paired with the wine of Croatia, I mean, I could just, I could live there. In fact, hopefully someday, maybe I do live there. <laughs> well, you know that I don't have much of a leg to stand on when it comes to fighting against Vitace, which is the best meal that we had, because I'm on record on this podcast of saying both of us agreed that was the best meal that we had in 2019. So fine. Amazing seafood in um, in Croatia. The food in Ljubljana and the food in Slovenia itself, I think, has a bit more variety. So they do have incredible seafood there. Um, Vino y Ribe, which is right in Slovenia. That was we love very good. But they also have a lot of, I would say, maybe more Eastern European influenced foods as well. So you've got your burek, you've got your um, your meats, your shavapis, things like that. So. While there is not a restaurant that stands out at quite as much as Vitace in Croatia, which is our, our favorite meal of 2019, I think that there that Slovenia as a whole, its gastronomic influence and its gastronomic um, kind of identity is up there with Croatia. And I think that there's a little more variety in Slovenia than in Croatia. What else am I going to say? I mean, I yeah. mean, throw on top of that, as we've already mentioned, um, the the beautiful, delicious, creamy, incredible gelato at Vigo, and uh, yeah, I'm going to say that you know there's some good eating and some good drinking in Slovenia as well. Maybe not their own wines. Um, not much of a wine guy, but there there is some cool stuff there. The last point for me for Slovenia. 
as why it's better than Croatia. And this goes along hand in hand with the touristy thing is that Slovenia is also now cheaper. I'm not going to say much cheaper than Croatia. There are some things that are much cheaper, right? And depends where you are. Um, with the tourist crowds to Croatia has come a a rise in price, especially for like accommodations and stuff. So if you're going in the peak season, not only is it going to be really crowded, it's going to be pretty expensive. I mean, we're talking Western Europe prices at this point. It's true. We first went there in like 2014, I think, and it was much cheaper than it was last year when we went. I mean... So for me, I'm sitting there saying, listen, it's cheaper. Get to Slovenia while it's still a bit more undiscovered. Be like the people who went to Croatia 15 years ago where you <laughs> feel like you have a hidden gem at your fingertips that people have not discovered yet. I just... To me, that holds a lot of sway. This idea that there's less people, less people who know about it. It's a, it's a bit under the radar. It's a bit of a hidden gem. Um, it's cheaper. And I just love the fact that Slovenia, for being so tiny, has everything I could want. A great little city. A little bit of coastline. Super accessible to the rest of Europe and some really cool stuff right around it. Lake Bled and the Alps right there in a country the size of New Jersey. So for me, it's Slovenia. You're, I mean, Slovenia is a beautiful country, but for me, I love being near the water and 20 miles of coastline just is not enough for me. And while Piran is a cute little itty bitty teeny tiny city, I'd much rather have my pick of, you know, 10 plus coastal cities that are like Piran. I mean, even more because once you come to the islands and like we were on Corchula and Corchula itself has its own little medieval city. When we went to the island of Brach, we went to a bowl and that was its own little city. I mean, there's just so many. You could, we haven't even seen all of Croatia. We've been there three times and I just want to keep going back because there's so much more to see. And, you know, as far as affordability goes, it is a little bit more expensive than Slovenia, but it's still cheaper than the coastline in Italy, the coastline in France. I'm I don't know, I mean, about Spain and, and Portugal, but it's still pretty fantastic as as for as for affordability. Well, there you guys have it. I we didn't hold back. No, we didn't. We went at it. Slovenia versus Croatia. Let us know. A, which you prefer if you've been to them, or which you prefer even if you haven't, which where do you want to go? But important maybe even more importantly let us know who won who's the winner was it the underdog trav stumping for slovenia or was it the big bad croatia um let us know which you think instagram at extra pack of peanuts and we should say as we wrap up this throwdown showdown series if you have more that you want us to debate this is how we got some of these ideas with people giving us we said we've done these throwdown showdowns in 2018, October 2018. What do you want to hear? And people gave us some incredible recommendations. That's how we formed these. So if you're listening to this throwdown showdown, the last two that we put out, the last two weeks, you can go listen to those other ones where we did Austin versus Nashville. And then a listener recommendation was Ireland versus Scotland. So that was great. Um, and then in 2018, we did Portland versus Vancouver, Thailand versus Bali, which I think the gloves came off as much in that one as in this one. And yeah. then Eastern versus Western Europe. So um, we really went at it for Eastern versus Western Europe. So you can go listen to those throwdown showdowns, obviously, anywhere, however you're listening to this, um, you can go listen to those as well. 
Thank you, guys. We truly appreciate the support. Please reach out to us, especially now during the Throwdown Showdowns. Let us know who you think was the winner here. We'll probably even be able to put up an Instagram story, I guess, Seth. I don't, I don't know how to do those that well, but we can put up <laughs> polls, right? Sure. Uh, of who won that. And then uh, if you would, leave us a rating or review. That's super helpful, however you're listening to this. Um, you guys heard our call to do that a couple months ago, and we got a bunch more ratings and reviews. So that's always super helpful if you can do that for us. We truly appreciate that. And as always, we truly appreciate the support that you've given us that makes us the number one rated travel podcast out there. Yeah. It, it's sad that we're not going to either of these places right now because now know. I'm just dreaming of awesome seafood, checking out the Alps, delicious gelato. Yeah. We just got to go back to We've that We've got to go world. back. We love it so much. So thank you guys for listening. And until next time. Happy free travels. I'll show you Paris soon.